One mic. One mic. One mic. One mic. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Y'all ready to do this? I can be reached at one mic dwight gmail.com. That's the number one M I C D W I G H T at gmail.com. If you have any ideas, you want to appear on my show, you have any comments, anything, I can be reached at one mic dwight at gmail.com. Uh, I want to give a Special shout out to everybody that's been listening and everything. And I want to dedicate this next uh, podcast episode to my DWI court counselor, D, and the DWI court judge at the time, Judge Davis. Uh, Today is a special day. I got my nine-year coin. And uh, it's been a long journey that I just came here to share with you guys today. Because it's not just a simple Hey, you didn't drink, pick up nine-year coin every year, one year, two year, three year, four years. It's been ups and downs, and there's been a lot of things that I've had to uh, decide along the way that I want to share with you and anybody else that's going through any type of struggle. It just says, this doesn't have to be about addiction and, and meetings and stuff. Just take what you can from this and apply it to your life. You don't have to be an addict in order to you know, use the tools <laughs> <laughs> that 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 helped me um, achieve my goals. So with that being said, let's get right into this. I do have a special request that if anybody can find my mugshots, I have three, uh, two in Missouri and one in Houston, Texas, uh, regarding DWIs, DWI felon. So uh, just uh, if you come across those mugshots, just uh, send them to my email. One Mike Dwight at gmail.com. Uh, the last one I had was November 2011. Yeah. And then before that, the one in Texas was around 2007. And I believe my first one was around 2004, something like that. This is all public, you know, in uh, domain. So, you know, it's not like. You guys are going into anything. I'm just requesting that if you do come across, if you have some kind of access to getting my mugshots to send them to me at onemikedwhitegmail.com. We'll work out some type of uh, reward system uh, depending on, you know, what your needs are. (laughs) So anyways, getting right into it. Um, I just want to uh, share with you guys Uh, a little journey as far as picking up my coins and um, the things that I had thought about as far as trying to relate with you guys uh, the 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 struggle and the journey that it has been I'm going to get right into it that from the beginning of my time of drinking um, there has been Things in my life that I have gained so much and then turn around and lost jobs, relationships, cars, women, anything that I wanted in life, I saw destroyed in front of me. And uh, May 31st, uh, not that the date's even relevant, but at a certain time, 
uh, I decided that I'm going to drink one last time and I'm going to quit on my own because a month later I was going to see Judge Davis and I was going to be in DWI court and they were going to tell me that I couldn't drink again, at least during that time. So I wanted to quit on my own terms and I wanted to set my own sobriety date because despite whatever I go through, that's one thing that the courts or anybody else can change. That's up to me. So if I relapse, then I have to make that decision to pick up that coin again. Black and white, I have gone nine years without a drink, so I deserve my coin. Now, let's go ahead and put this shit under the microscope. First three years, I was basically doing the steps, going through, no, I'm sorry, let's go even closer to the microscope. First nine months, I was a dry drunk. I didn't practice any steps. I didn't even have a book. I was going to meetings and I was sitting here looking at everybody and I was trying as hard as I could not to drink using sheer willpower. And finally, I went in there and I was tired and I was wondering why no sponsor would come and sponsor me. They weren't, you know, they need to come to me. They see me hurt. You know what I'm saying? They see me, you know, whatever. So, uh, so no, no one came to me and I just kept on struggling. So finally at a meeting, I said, can somebody be my sponsor? Can somebody help me? I'm tired of doing this alone. And I got a temporary sponsor and I started working the steps and then I got a real sponsor and I love that man. And um, he helped me get through the steps and then I continued the steps and I have become enlightened and not that I've ever sponsored somebody, but I've been temporary sponsors and I've gone through it for the simple fact that after three years, of no drug except for caffeine that was a strong development during going to those meetings did I touch anything. I smoked marijuana. I smoked marijuana after three years of sobriety and then I did mushrooms. I did mushrooms and then I still picked up coins. I did cocaine and I still picked up coins. Many people have quit drinking just to pick up another habit and smoke weed or do drugs or whatever, even, even, even relapsing and being hypocritical and still picking up coins. Dwight, you're over here and you're doing drugs and you're, and you're picking up coins and you know, yeah, you're not drinking, but this is worse and this is illegal and you know, just all this other shit. And guess what? I'm not done. Because not only did I do marijuana, not only did I do cocaine, but I wrecked a marriage and got a woman pregnant that was married to a man that had kids in a house. And I still picked up coins. I went in and out of relationships and I just did all this stuff that was just crazy, you know? 
and and I had a family that supported me and they saw me and they 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 allowed me to keep picking up these coins and I didn't drink and you know all this stuff was happening and I was still able to sleep at night. You know uh just here recently I started dealing with my sex addiction. Uh I feel like if it wasn't for the 12 steps in AA, I would not have the tools or the clarity to even attempt to deal with sex addiction because it is my strongest and longest and most powerful addiction. It is something that I fail at on a weekly basis and I keep trying and I struggle to continue. And with that said, I don't pick up coins when I relapse. If I watch porn, I'm not picking up a coin. I'm picking up a white coin. Actually, I relapse on porn and women and sex so much that I don't even pick up white coins anymore. I'm not giving up. Don't get me wrong. I'm not giving up. Uh, I go through yearly things as far as like a detox goes and and stuff like that. And I get, you know, a little moment of clarity. And I do see progress in my sex addiction. My my energy and my time has been uh has been transferred into something that's more things that are more positive, things that are more outgoing. Um I've had time, my relationships with women, my relationships with my friends, my relationships with my daughter. Uh, the, the daughter that I had out of, out of the marriage that I ruined, um, I'm working on that. That's a, that's an episode within itself, you know? Um, but yeah, sex, sex was a, it's, it's, it's a very powerful addiction that has its hold on me. And I'm not talking about somebody who's just horny all the time. I'm talking about ruining lives. I'm talking about doing damage. I'm talking about the time that I would spend just searching for porn, just searching I'm not even talking about the physical act of masturbating, but I'm just like, I would spend countless hours just searching for the perfect porn clip, I guess, until I couldn't find it. And then I started making them. You know, I'm out there on the Internet. I'm, I'm out there ruining lives and, and I'm, I'm doing all this fucked up shit and I'm still picking up goddamn coins. What the hell? I'd go a month or so without going to a meeting. But I'd go and get my coin. <laughs> so, who is Dwight? Who is this alcoholic addict, drug addict, sex addict, monster? This, this, this man, this hypocritical man that sits here sounding like he's damn near gloating about picking up fucking coins and holding no accountability to his actions? What kind of lesson am I teaching here? I'll tell you what. Um, I don't have any lessons to teach. I just have a story to tell. A story I want to share with you guys. My dad says that there's two sides to every coin and I honestly believe that there's three truths. There's your truth, my truth, and 
of course, nothing but the whole truth. And uh, it takes a lot of perspectives in order to to form that truth. The thing of it is, is it's about acceptance of what truth you you decide to take and the consequences on accepting that truth. Because for the simple fact is, is that even though I did all this fucked up shit while I was collecting coins, I collected the coins because I was also over here doing a lot of great shit trying to figure it out. So did I lean on all this stuff? Did I lean on women? The first three years, I didn't touch a single drug except for caffeine. But even though I wasn't drinking, I was still having sex with the type of women that I would leave with at the bars because I was still getting drunk off of lust. I was leaning on sex more than I leaned on coke, more than I leaned on weed, more than I leaned on anything. I was leaning on sex hard, pun intended. The fact of the matter is, is that that with that being my biggest addiction, it was no problem giving up alcohol. But the thing of it is, is that everything is just this meticulous balance of just numbers and just ratios so finite that once one if one's off, I could just end up in prison or dead. And the fact of the matter is, is that I'm not, I know I'm here for a reason. So that's why I collect coins. I have a purpose. I've achieved more. I'm not going against anybody except yesterday and who I was then. And to be better tomorrow. So I don't use you and you don't use me as a gauge to see if I'm getting better or to see if I have a problem or not. Is my life manageable? Am I setting goals? Am I achieving them? Can I look myself in the mirror? Now, I know it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. But I do know that my neighbors would be able to know a difference if I drank or not. I know that the police in Greene County would know the difference if I drank or not. So that's why I kept collecting coins. During this time, even though I've had all this darkness and all this fucked up shit going on, I became a homeowner. And I didn't even plan on owning a house. I remember looking at a car and I said, I'm either going to sell that car or I'm going to buy that car. And it happened. I was talking things into existence. And that's why I collected coins. My life was becoming more manageable. I'm making more money than I ever have. My relationships are becoming more sustainable and my friendships, the people that I'm hanging out with used to be my role models. They used to be my idols. And now I'm creating role models and I'm creating people that kids look up to. So with all of this going on, yeah, I did a lot of fucked up shit and I did lean on weed and I did lean on cocaine and I did lean on women, but I'm also leaning on this house and this car and I'm leaning on volunteer work. I do volunteer work for teenager, homeless teenagers and I'm going to check out things at the victim center and I've never missed a day of work. I lean on all of, I lean on life to stay sober. I lean on righting my wrongs. Um, I lean on my purpose. In order for me to sleep at night, I acknowledge all the stuff that I did that's wrong. And I look at all the stuff that I'm doing that's right. I do a moral inventory. 
and I look at the lessons that I need to be learning from that, and I look at the blessings that I earned. And that's why I collect those coins. Because I have not drank. And if I did drink, none of this would happen. I wouldn't have this podcast. I wouldn't be able to tell you guys the fucked up shit that I'm doing in order for you guys to understand that it is okay. But you know what? Even though it's allowed, it's not acceptable. Get your shit together. Get off your feet. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah, you fucked up. Yeah, you have a life that I don't understand. So what? What are you going to do that's making it better than yesterday? Do you have goals? Are you collecting coins? Because here's the thing. It's not about what you do on Saturday and then you go to church on Sunday. That's not what makes you a hypocrite. That's what makes you balanced. Is your life balanced? And can it get better? Because that's the thing is that if I'm sitting here and I'm going back and forth and I'm having these struggles, I'm always going to have problems. But instead of having money problems, now I have tax problems. Instead of having women problems, now I have, you know, goddess problems. And that is because I keep on being better than what I was from yesterday. So my life is manageable. That's the gauge that I go by. That's what I sit here and I say, do I sit here and I have a goal and I achieve them? Do I beat the, be do I beat the deadlines? Yes. My job that I work at right now is just a job. And my purpose there is to not get fired and to be a decent coworker. And that's what I'm doing. But then I'm coming here and I'm pouring my heart out to you guys. And I'm sitting here telling you that it's like, look, judge me if you want. But this is what I'm going by. This is who I am. And it's because I know the fact that all the fucked up shit that I've done has been a lesson. And all the great stuff that, I've, that I'm doing are blessings. So give me my coin. It's no different than, than the people that sit here. And this is the thing. It's not about AA. It's not about uh, Narcotics Anonymous. It's not about Overeaters Anonymous. It's about getting over our struggles and the tools that we use in order to maintain, not only maintain your sanity, but to be a productive member of society because I'm tired of surviving. I don't know about you guys, but I am tired of surviving. I want to thrive. I want to sit here and be able to, uh, if, I have a bad, if I have a bad year, a bad year to me means that I can only go on three vacations instead of five. That's what, that's what a bad year to me means. And a great year for some people might be to go on a vacation. So we can't sit here and gauge our levels of success on each other. So don't sit here and look at me and think that if you drink as much as me or if you had as much sex as I had, that you may or may not be an addict. That has nothing to do with it. Do you have a goal? Do you achieve that goal? If you can't achieve that goal, why not? If you're not setting goals, why not? That's what you need to look at. What did you do yesterday that made you so great? And what are you doing better today? Then you deserve to pick up a coin. 
Are you doing something at your job? Are you getting promoted? Are you doing these things that that make you get up in the morning and fulfill your dreams? Do you have dreams? Because here's the thing, addict or not, if you don't have a dream, if you're not learning, if you're not being a productive member of society, then your life is not manageable. It's not. I don't care if you're happy. You're not. What I'm trying to do is convince the people out there who think that they're failures because they, they, they have to pick up a white chip or they have to start all over again. And I'm sitting there telling you that, look, the reason why you have to start over again is because you tried in the first place. Think about that. You're starting over again. Think about the motherfuckers who can't even get off the couch and they're over here yelling at you, talking about, see, I knew you couldn't do it. Oh, yeah? Well, how many times did you know I couldn't do it? Did you know I couldn't do it three times? Because then I'm going to do it four. Because you don't know about four. Oh, you said five times? Well, guess what? I'm going to do it six. Because you know you can't make it doesn't mean that you know I can't make it. And just because you can't smoke weed doesn't mean that I can't smoke weed. Just because you can't get a coin doesn't mean that I can't get a coin. I do whatever it takes for me to not pick up that bottle. I even went one time, I can't remember how long, saying that I was not an alcoholic and that I just chose not to drink in order to make me feel like I had some kind of power. Now, don't get me wrong. That shit did not last that long because I am an alcoholic and I am an addict. But if it took me to just sit here and have some kind of pride for me to say that I'm choosing not to drink because I don't want to drink and it got me through that day, then fuck, that's what I did. What are you willing to do to achieve your dreams? How big are your dreams? That's the thing. I sit here and I talk to people and they talk about how they want to live comfortable. Fuck comfortable. Comfortable is too close to complacent. And so if you sit here and you're like, Yo, I just want to make $80,000. You know, I just want to have this house. I just want to be able to have a car and go on vacation and make sure my kids go to college. What about all those motherfuckers that you, those lives out there that you done fucked up? You can't make any, you can't right any wrongs with them. You can't sit here and all the people that supported you, you can't give back to them. Why is $80,000, not to sit here and say that money or a number is determined the success, but why would someone, if you can dream of $80,000, why can't you just go a little bit further and say $800,000 or $8 million? I mean, damn, it's a dream. And if you cannot dream big enough that will have your ass walking through fire butt naked backwards, then what the fuck? Why even dream? And you think that this came from smoking weed and doing cocaine and fucking a bunch of women? No, this came from a sense of urgency. It came from a sense of I've got to get it because now I found my purpose and there's nothing that's going to stop me. That's what this comes from. That's what all of this comes from. That's why I sit here and I'm, I'm, I'm in a booth, in a, in, a, in a closet, in a little ass house talking to you because if you're confused about what relapse is if you're confused about what pain is if you're confused about what sexual identity is if you have any confusion I'm letting you know that that's a part of being human and it's okay 
It's okay to be scared. It's okay to not know. It's not okay to just sit there. And if you smoke weed and you just sit there, if you fuck and you just sit there, if you drink and you just sit there, then take a look at your life. You might have a problem. If you sit there and you just scroll on Facebook, Instagram, all that shit, if you just sit there on apps, if you just sit there and shop, if you just sit there and game, if you just sit there and choose something over your family, look at where your time and energy is going and look at how much it comes back to you. Because here's the thing, me being in here right now, I'm not watching porn, I'm not doing cocaine, I'm not smoking weed, I'm putting my soul out here and I have these conversations one-on-one, -on -one, so why not have it with a million people? What is relapse? For me, I can't drink. I, I, I cannot pick up a bottle and have a drink because I will die. And God would be willing if it happened instantaneously as soon as my lips hit the bottle and I don't take a million people down with me. I don't, I don't crash into a school bus full of kids or, you know, whatever, because it's going to be, it's going to be tragic. Um, so, yeah, that's not an option for me. I deal with sex addiction and I fail pretty much once a week. Whether it's watching porn or casual sex, um, I relapse quite often. So here I am with sex addiction that is one of the strongest, longest, hardest, pun intended, addictions that I'm, that I'm battling. And then I have alcohol, which is this cunning and baffling it's it's alcohol is legal and and, you know, it, there's commercials for it and all this other stuff. And then here's here's weed over here. And, you know, it's illegal, but it's coming around. And is it better than or is it worse than alcohol? And, you know, you didn't have all this other stuff. You have laziness. You have, you know, overeaters and you have all these things that sit here and make us who we are and, and actually take away from who we, who we are. How can you decide if your life is manageable? How can you decide if you're just a functioning alcoholic or or an undercover sex addict or, you know, a closet hoarder or all this stuff? What, what, what is going on? What defines to pick up a chip or to not pick up a chip? It can be overwhelming and you cannot suppress it. You have to address it. You have to know who you are and you have to have a gauge to at least regulate if you're going up or down to, to, to measure your progress. And for God's sakes, man, write shit down. Write it down. Have some kind of idea of where you've been and where you're going. And that's what I've done. And that's why I know. And that's why I pick up a chip. I don't lean on just one thing to compensate for my addiction. There's absolutely no way possible for that to happen. My addiction is too great. So I've accepted my addiction. I've embraced my addiction. And so I've replaced all these things. Because see, what happens is 
is we have these character defects and in in some of the steps that we use in in the AA meetings we ask for these character defects to re, to be removed but the problem with that is is as you remove the defect you also remove the character see character defect you can't do that you can't remove who you are now your character defect is not your weakness. You can strengthen your weakness. You can work on your weaknesses. If you are an asshole, you can learn compassion. You know, if you are left-handed, you can learn to write what you're right. And vice versa. So all these things, but your character defects, that's who you are. And so I am an addict. And I am going to die an addict. But if I sit here and I look at where my energy and my time is being placed, it's being placed with you right now. It's being placed at work when I work. It's being placed all these different obligations that I've allowed myself to have in order to, to, to be a productive member of society, in order to be progressive, in order to live towards my purpose I'm treating that like it's an addiction. My addiction now is success, and therefore I'm gonna pick up my coin. As a matter of fact, the reason why I'm picking up this coin at this moment is because I am going to uh, take this episode and I'm gonna take my coin and I'm gonna give it to my counselor if she's still around. Hopefully, hopefully I can find her and uh, if anyone who's listening to this, you know who the counselor D is, DWI Court, uh, please give me a shout out. One Mike Dwight at gmail.com. One Mike Dwight at gmail.com. Moving on. Uh, or unless you don't want to. I mean, honestly, do you guys got it? You, you understand what I'm saying here? Okay. I did a lot of fucked up shit in this nine years, right? But I never drank. I picked up coins. I made progressive steps. I had goals. I obtained goals. Uh, I'm getting better. I'm getting faster. I'm still in my fucking prime. Good God, I'm almost 46. I look great. I'm sharp. I'm making more money than I made before. Why can't I pick up a coin? You see what I'm saying? I justify my stuff in order to make myself better. My competition is not you. My competition is yesterday. I'm only going against myself. And until I lose, I'm, I'm fighting that addiction. You see what I'm saying? My addiction is stronger than anybody here. You are not my competition. My addiction is my competition. So if I was a hypocrite, I'd be playing with fire. I know that. Um, as far as dealing with my sex addiction goes, I set boundaries. And that's hard to do because that is the fox guard in the hen house. But if it wasn't for AA and the 12 steps and going to meetings and collecting these coins, I wouldn't be able to cope with life on life's terms. I wouldn't be able to deal with my sex addiction. I wouldn't be able to uh, just, just understand, you know, seeing the cycles of people who don't even think that they're addicts. That's what cracks me up. It's just kind of like I'm sitting here and I have addict tendencies and behavior. Game recognized game. I'm not going to sit here and tell you you're an addict. You need to figure that out. 
your life might be just fine the way it is. And uh, so I'm not going to. But if, if someone asks for help, I'm 100 percent in. You know, I'm giving them my I'm giving them my blood, sweat and tears and we're going to get you help. I will sponsor you. You know, if you can help edit this shit, if you can help me with my other side hustles, if you can help me, you know, just like I said, in 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 the goals that I have in life, that's what I'm looking for. You know, I'm looking for someone that's going to actually be able to come in and say, hey, that's what I'm doing, too. Let me go ahead and take your shit. You know, let's go ahead and put our laundry together. Matter of fact, I can do laundry better than you anyway. So I got the laundry. You take the dishes. See what I'm saying? That is what, that's what partnership does. You know, my relationship's good, my finance good, my spirit, everything is getting better. So that's why I pick up my coins. Even during my downtimes, like I said, those hard times, those dark times, and I wasn't happy in a stranger's bed, but I didn't drink and I was able to recover. And now I'm trying to uh, be in the kid's life uh, I'm trying to, you know, just just like I said, I'm trying to have more of a purpose <clears throat> and I'm trying to make everybody's life around me a lot better instead of ruining it like I like I used to. So that's why I collect my coins. Um, you can sit here and, you know, I went from a time where I was in the hospital or in jail every year, one or the other, sometimes both. And I haven't been in the hospital or jail in nine years. Give me my coin. See what I'm saying? Uh, during the shutdown, that is when a lot of people lost their lives. That's a lot of people could not be stuck in their head. That's when I grew. That's when I flourished. That's when I had no outside interference and I could just be me. That's when I started building this podcast and I painted every room in this house. That's when the real progression started because I could be selfish with my self-care and my focus and my discipline and my commitment. Give me my coin. So I guess what I'm saying is, is that relapse in itself for me even has many different definitions. So there's no way that my relapse is going to be the same as yours. So is relapse okay? No, it's not. You take a chance every single time that you may not make it back. But if you do make it back, you come back with so much experience and such a life lesson to help others that you can't, you can't keep it in. You can't keep it in to yourself. You have got to write that shit down. You've got to tell, tell somebody. But here's the thing is that you're really scared to tell somebody because you feel hypocritical because you don't want to tell them that you relapsed. But I can. But I can do that. And I know I'm playing with fire. I'm not going to sit here and drink. That's no, I cannot. 
But here's the thing. I want you guys to understand that if you do drink, it may not be over for you. You may go through something and you may live this life and come back from it with a story to tell that can help people and help others get out of it. So be proud of your relapse. It's a lesson. Be proud that you survived. That's a blessing. So you got to pick up a white chip. So what? I can't. I can't. And it's not about being a liar. What I'm saying is, is that what, what I do on those 12 steps, what I do with those 12 promises, I do that. I do that. And just because the way that I see it works for me and it keeps me sober, it may not work for you and keep you sober. But take what you can from me to keep you sober. That's the point. And please allow me to take from you. But don't throw it at me. Don't throw your principles and your beliefs and your labels and all these cliches at me because you know what? I ain't got to hear that shit. All I got to do is pay taxes, stay black, and die. So with that being said, uh, yeah, man, pick up your coins if you feel like you earned them. Um, you know if you haven't. You know you're a hypocrite. You're the one that has to deal with that stuff. Th those coins are for you. And, and um, I wouldn't have it any other way for what I did with my coins and who I gave them to at that point in my life and what they meant to me if I hadn't earned them. As a matter of fact, yes. D, you're getting this coin. I love you. Thank you. Thank you for helping me. We did not see eye to eye, and I'm glad we didn't. I'm glad we didn't because it gave, it made me think. And it's not, it wasn't even about your truth versus my truth. I'm not even going to say you were right. I'm just going to say that you made me think. And the, the conclusion that I came up with was neither your answer nor mine. But if you agreed with me on everything that I said, I wouldn't have came up with any other answer. So thank you. And here's the thing, too. You may have been right, but you wasn't right at that time. You may be right now. So that's just the thing. There's just, and it's not even about being right to me. It's about whatever it takes in order for you to get those coins. My sponsor died um, a little while ago, and it was because... Uh, he didn't relapse, it, you know. It was because he, he just had a bad uh, nutrition. He was addicted to sobriety so much that he forgot to eat a nutritious meal. And he just drank coffee, smoked cigarettes, and went to meetings and sponsored people. He died an, un an untimely death, and uh, he lived a great life. That dash in the middle between his born date and his expiration date, that's a, it's a pretty nice dash. Just because you quit drinking doesn't mean you're sober. You know, you got to look at your behavior. Once again, you know, I was still having sex with the same type of women. I was still, my lifestyle hadn't changed just because I had quit drinking. And it was only a matter of time before the relapse was inevitable. 
And here's the thing, too, is that when your lifestyle changes, the people around you, their lifestyle has to change, too. And I'm not sitting here saying that they have to stop drinking because you stop drinking, but they can't treat you the same. If you get treated the same way, you're going to end up doing the same thing. It's so funny because, you know, uh, when I went through sexual sobriety, a lot of the women of my past was wanting to have sex with me because they wanted to see, like, what, what would be different. And, well, nothing was different because they were the same. So it's just kind of like, you know, how much pressure is that on you for you to be different and then to change their, their, their lives? No, they have to change in order for there to be change. I change and then I have sex with somebody. They experience the sexual sobriety too, not you. You haven't changed. If anything, you help me with my addiction. So if we have sex, I'm going to go back to being an addict. God damn, it's not that simple. I mean, it's not that hard. It's not that hard at all. Pun intended. <laughs> so anyways, uh, I want to put it out there that I'm thinking about having a light skin conference. Would that be racist? You know, it's still, it's still black people, but I want to have light skin conference, deal with light skin issues. You know, do you have to be harder because you're pretty? Do you have to be a better rapper? Do you have to be a, a, a killer, you know, because you're prettier? Is good hair a thing? We think it is. Just remember, reminisce about the 80s. See about Vanessa, Vanessa Williams. Ooh, if we had both Vanessa Williams, had the dark skin and the light skin Vanessa Williams there. Christopher Williams, Rick Fox, they'll be there. Tickets will be paper bag. Tickets will be on a paper bag. Yeah. So, anyways, just something to think about. I don't know. You know, just, you know, some of the issues that light-skinned people have that aren't quite dark-skinned and ain't quite white. You know, just right there in the middle. Then mixed people. You know, will we have mixed people there? I think mixed people would be good. All kinds of shades. How light is light skin? How dark is light skin? See, these are the things that go through my mind when I'm sitting here trying to, you know, piece together the rules of life. All these labels that you guys want to go by, all these beliefs behind these labels, all these words that just mean so much to you. I'm just trying to have a light skin party at Paisley Park. Shout out to Prince, Michael Jackson. All the light-skinned brothers out there, talented. See, your sisters don't understand. Sisters, light-skinned sisters, man, whew, y'all had it good. I still find y'all intimidating. Should I be saying, I probably shouldn't even be having this conversation right now, should I? I think I'm done. <laughs> One Mike Dwight at gmail.com. Send me your questions. Send me your answers. Send me requests. Send me things that you comments. Uh, send me my mugshot. You can find my mugshot. Uh, my last DWI was November 2011. Then I think I had one in Houston, Texas before that, around 2007, 2008 maybe. And then my first one was here in Missouri back in 2004, I believe. Whew, boy, boy, boy. Yeah, so went from... 
felony DWI to getting my nine-year coin, becoming a homeowner, um, you know, podcaster, uh, just trying to build this empire, building an empire, not even trying. Uh, things are just, just, things are going up. Things are progressing. The, the valleys are not so deep that they crush you. And, and I can sit there and I can learn lessons from them. And the, the, the peaks are great and they're nice, but they're just not enough. So I'm just not, you know, overjoyed and I'm not settled. I'm still hungry. And I just hope that you guys are hungry too. So stay tuned. I got more episodes coming up. I want to touch with you guys. Uh, tell me what you think about this one. You know, tell me how you feel. I know some people are just like, uh-uh. If you do this, you're not this, period. Okay. Well, you know, you live your life and I live mine. But here's the thing that I want you to understand is time's up. Who are you? Who are you? You know, I went from, you know, like I said, jail, hospital, every year. Green County don't even know me. You know, I, I've, I've, I can vote. I can, you know, if, if my lawn gets out of whack, you know, my neighbors are calling. Not because it's a mess, but they want to make sure I'm all right because my lawn is always tight. Not to sit here and wonder what people think of you. But it's the simple fact that your identity is who you think you are and it is who others think you are. And it's the average of all of that. Because some people think you can damn near walk on water and some people want to put you under the water. And you're somewhere right there in the middle. Makes sense, right? That's who you are. So are you a hypocrite? I don't know. Am I collecting my coins? Yeah, I am. Am I getting better? Am I progressing? Yes, I am. Is my competition me from yesterday? Of course it is. Am I setting goals? Am I crushing them? No doubt. Believe in yourself. Believe in the universe. Believe in each other because I'm telling you, it's going to come around and it's going to get better. I love you guys. This is Dwight. This is One Mike. And I'm out. Peace.